everybody. This is Greg Refner with the Abstract Podcast. Super excited to have Taylor Scotto with us today. He's the head of sales development, strategic accounts, and growth at CloudMary. We're going to be talking about building a tech stack for global SDR teams. Taylor, please say hi, man. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. I appreciate, appreciate the time today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to dive in the, into, into this topic with you because uh, obviously here at Abstract, we, we love technology. So really excited to get your perspective on things. Um, it always helps Taylor that our listeners have kind of a foundation or basis of understanding for the, the experience that, that our, our guests bring to the table as it relates to the topics they're talking about. So, um, you started your career in sales development at LinkedIn eight or nine years ago, if my math is right. Um, I want to dive into a little bit about that. Like, what did your tech stack look like? What tools did you have available to you? You know, not too long ago, um, in the world of sales development? Yeah, no, I appreciate the question. I think to date myself a little bit, uh, um, uh, yeah, I've, I've had a, a wealth of different um, experiences, which has been very helpful. So I even did sales dev for banking for a few years, uh, retail banking before uh, SaaS sales. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to, to work on the sales dev team at LinkedIn to really see what sales dev at high velocity looks like and uh, excellence, um, which we can definitely talk about later. Um, and then from there, I, I've joined a number of different startups uh, from Series A through Series D. And now I'm working at Cloudinary, which is a fully bootstrap company, which is really exciting. Um, I sold HR tech, uh, as I mentioned, banking, and then now um, API-based and cloud-based um, solutions for a marketing engineering team. So I've done, you know, HR tools, IT tools. So very exciting and continue, continue to learn uh, every day. So that's awesome. So with that experience comes obviously different experiences at those companies. So, um, you know, I want to, we talk, we're going to talk about the kind of the future of the tech stack and what you're doing right now, but what did the, the tools that SDRs had available to them look like, you know, when you first started, right? I'm guessing, the tech stack was a little bit different eight years ago, nine years ago. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, when I was at a bank, for example, like <clears throat> I just graduated college around 2010. So, um, you know, the tools we had there was basically a CRM, basic CRM um, and a phone, right? <laughs> um, now it was finance. So that's going to be a different motion, right? I didn't have to do any uh, research or anything like that, but that was basically what we had. Okay. You, you did have a headset, which was very, very cool. Um, and then at LinkedIn, same thing. It was, um, we used Hoover's as our database. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. It's a, it's an older database that people use to look up okay. information. And, and even then, you know, I think the goal was, you know, between 60 and a hundred dollars a day, but people would pick up Right. And then LinkedIn was still a new thing. So uh, not new to new itself, but, you know, they would respond to in mails and, and emails. So I think um, the velocity of sales dev was, you know, picking up. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then from there, you know, uh, I really got to see, you know, we had a whole sales ops team. So they were scrubbing data. We had really clean data there. So I, I was fortunate. I mean, LinkedIn really has a superb and excellent uh, culture when it comes to process and um, 
great talent and, and how to, how to think about it. Um, but then I, you know, wanted to get into startups and, uh, that's when I got slapped in the face <laughs> thinking that I knew everything about social selling. Um, but it's different, you know, uh, social selling is still a very, it's a tremendous strategy. Um, it just looks slightly different, especially when no one knows who you are. Right. So the, the sales dev motion or prospect motion is completely different. Yeah. Um, so learning your messaging and all that, but when you're at a startup, Oftentimes you don't have the same tools or brand name, right? So it's really uh, scrappy, right? So very different. Scrappy is a good word to describe it. Well, let's dive into something you kind of just talked about a little bit is um, kind of the culture. And we were talking about that as we were getting ready for our our podcast, Taylor. Um, In your experience, you know, you've you've been an individual contributor at SDR level. Now you're leading a global sales team across many different organizations. Talk to me about like how different companies treat sales development teams and treat sales development leadership flexibility you're given or or not given like is there a clear difference kind of from org to org in terms of like what flexibility you're given to kind of run your segment of the business and from a sales development standpoint yeah i mean that's a really valid point um and i can only speak from my experience but it's nine day depending on where you are. Um, I've had, I've had it where, um, I know we were talking about this earlier, but, uh, you know, you're kind of told here's a strategy. Um, we make all the decisions and we'll, we'll let you know, like what that looks like, mm-hmm. or you have no kind of, uh, authority or even like advisorship on helping advise the business. Um, and then I've had it where, Hey, like, what do you think? But, you know, we'll, we'll still make all the decisions. And then I'm really fortunate where I'm at now, Cloudinary, they really trust their leadership team and provide that um, ability to, to share what you're thinking and actually influence the, the strategy. So um, I've really seen what that looks like in all three, three experiences. Um, and then especially as the tech has changed so much in the past 10 years, um, it's really important because we've never seen so many tools today uh, for just prospecting. I mean, it's, it's insane. So yeah. even in the last three years. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Uh, the, the proliferation or saturation, whatever language we want to use there to describe like the sales enablement landscape. Uh, right. And so with your firsthand of experience of being an SDR moving into leadership, I think it's so important for like, even like a VP of sales to know what it's like to carry a bag or a quota right? As a sales development leader, it's so important that you've been on the phone, hundred phone calls a day. You've tried social selling. You've had to craft emails. So you understand where the gaps are in the process. Uh, what resources, what groups do you participate in? Like, how do you stay ahead of the curve for your team in knowing what's out there in the market that could potentially fill those gaps, address those pain points that, your team may not even have a way to describe yet. Like maybe they don't know that it hurts that much yet um, because they have no way of knowing how to define that pain. Yeah. Um, it's a great question. I mean, I, I think there's, I'm still learning what, how to answer that one. Um, the biggest one I would say is, um, you know, conversations like this, right. Uh, just hearing about different tools. It's spent, it's actually, allocating time to to do that but um, a lot of it's from conversations with other SDR leaders 
about what they're doing, what are they seeing successful, how are they tackling certain challenges, and they'll oftentimes bring up we're using this or that to help. Uh, they like it, they don't like it, um, but it's usually through the conversations. Um, of course, there's outbound tactics. Um, every once in a while, there'll be a really good email to, to take a look at, and it'll be timely because you're really feeling that that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but a lot of it's you know usually through the conversations of other SDR leaders. Got it. Okay. I love that. Right. So that, that peer to peer feedback, right. Kind of leaning on what other people are doing. Um, what new technologies have you come across lately that, uh, you kind of get excited about when you think about the possibilities for your team? Yeah. Um, I think, I think the biggest thing, um, that I've been excited about is the idea of, um, well, automation. Um, so that includes like machine learning, AI, and building that technology into a new software which is pretty mind blowing compared to what it was like, you know, only five or six years ago. Totally. Um, and also what's really exciting is where marketing tools have, have come in, in, in such a long way, um, really around intent data. So how do we not just throw, you know, spaghetti at the wall and seize with sticks and yeah. say, Hey, I want to go after these accounts because uh, you know, they look like our customers and, that's a good enough strategy. Well, today it's like, there's so much more that the tools can do now that give you, Hey, these are the accounts that are showing interest in research and actually looking at the buying, buying something. So these, these are going to be good accounts, but these are better and they're in the market. Right. So it's accelerating your motion. Um, you know, and as a sales dev leader, it's like, it's always important to know that, but I didn't, I didn't really know that these types of tools existed. Right. Um, it changes your whole strategy in a good way. Yeah, totally. I mean, we used to have like marketing automation, which would give us lead scoring, right? Kind of give a basic understanding of the level of interest. But then you combine that data with like Bombora um, or Zoom Info Insights. And all of a sudden it's like, you're starting to form this holistic picture of really what your your target account list should be when you're combining individual behaviors from your prospects plus organizational like insights into what they're searching for online, things like that. It's, it's kind of like cheating in a way, right? Like (laughs) how do you, how do you not win when you basically are able to tell like who's waving their hand saying, I want help. I need help around this issue. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible to be able to map out your whole account strategy. And that's also, I think, helping sales development leaders as a whole show up in a different light, um, than just, uh, uh, you know, continuing to elevate the the organization and, and companies. Totally. Well, let's say you come across a new tool, um, in kind of our, our pre, our pre podcast preparation Taylor, you, I think you mentioned a tool called Aurum. Um, let's say you come across a tool like that. How do you go about the process of going, is this good for my team? Like walk me through the steps that you take as a sales development leader to really hone in on, yes, this is going to be a good fit. Here's my ROI. I think I'm going to get, here's how I define that. Kind of walk us through that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, I think the first thing is, um, you know, and I've, I've definitely learned a lot, but I have a lot more to learn. Um, 
but it, you know, when I first started managing, it was like, Hey, this is a cool tool. Let's get it. And uh, that's obviously, that's not how it works. Uh, <laughs> uh, you really got to AC the vet, I mean, be sold on it, but then run the numbers. Right. Um, and, and oftentimes I think if I were to advise myself like five or six years ago, if you don't have the data, assume a certain number and that way you can build out your models where it's like, um, all right, this new tool gives me, you know, two times more dials per rep or four times, whatever the tool is, but let's say it's a, a dialing tool. Then it's like, all right, how many, how many dials do we make a day? I don't know. Well, make a, make up a number for now, because once you have that model, you can bring that up to your, you know, finance team or your ops team and say, okay, here's a model, but I clearly don't have all the data. Can you help me out? And that way, my biggest gap early on was not building the model because I didn't have the data. Right. And so I would just not, not have it, but the, a better solution is do it anywhere. Assume these numbers so you can finish. Hey, if we did X, we can get Y. Now yeah. you've got something to show your team, but also, Hey, does this, is this even viable? Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times the, the gap is, you know, how did we think this through and how this impacts the, the organization? And then, uh, you know, even today, it's like, where do these tools fit into our strategy? We also seem to miss that part because uh, we often forget not everyone is in sales dev. They might have, you know, notions of what we do, but um, they don't really know. And they don't know these tools like we do. So I think we forget that, um, you know, we need to communicate. Here's how this tool works. Even if it seems mundane, it's just making sure this is where it is. This is how it fits into the, our strategy. Mm -hmm. And this is the impact that it can have. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I love about B2B software is <clears throat> if you have the data, it's pretty easy to quantify the impact that it could have. Like, let's say you're typically making hundred phone calls a day and your connect rate is 10%. Um, your conversion rate of those connects is 50%. And you have a tool that can double the amount of dials you have, right? You just took your hundred phone calls and 10 conversations and five meetings to 200 phone calls, 20 right. conversations and 10 meetings. And then it's becoming, okay, how do we move the needle on the connect to conversion rate? What can we do right. there? And so it's, um, I think if you have that data and you have those metrics, that's what I love about B2B software, man. It's so easy to, to, to really figure out if there's something to be had in that solution that you're evaluating. Um, how often do you bring like your team into the conversation when you're looking at new tools? Uh, I mean, you know, in, in my experience, like Cloudinary is big, big enough now where we've got a C, uh, you know, management team. So this is new for me. Typically I've just kind of been the, the SDR leader at the org. And so it's exciting because I get to talk about sales dev with, other leaders who get it um, yeah. and it's uh you get to kind of like a b test the idea and just say like hey what do you think of this mm -hmm. um and you know xyz um and that way you can vet out hey is this worth bringing up um because you don't want to bring up every tool that you see that's shiny and <laughs> you get uh, shiny red ball syndrome well, and yeah yeah um it it's the other thing i've learned is you know when you have an ask asked but it's making sure that uh, is timing right and um is it going to move the needle big enough where you're you're on the line for it so 
Totally. Confident in it at least. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of expand globally a little bit. Um, so you guys have a global team at Cloudinary. Um, are there, I've never ran a global SDR team, Taylor. So I'm really curious, like, is the tool sets, are they different? Are the needs different based upon region of the world? Um, culturally, are there expectations of how things should be done that are different? Like, I'd love to kind of hear your perspective and your experience at Cloudinary and just working with global sales development teams. <laughs> um, well, uh, I won't have that much on, on that one because I'm still... <laughs> Learning that as well. Um, I will say, you know, from my limited experience, um, it's there are some nuances, right? And so, like for for example, messaging um, is a big deal. The okay. way you communicate um, in different parts of the world is very different and can come off very abrasive or uh, disrespectful. But the way you um, approach that, and I, I think that's for those that have come from like uh, the U.S. side of things. And moving into that, that is something to, to take note of. Um, so if I'm building out a cadence in my sales engagement tool <clears throat> or I'm writing playbooks or battle cards, right? I have to be conscious that it's not a one size fits all. I can't take my you know, North American US based email template and expect it to work in Japan or oh, absolutely. Work in Germany, right? So maybe it's not necessarily the tech and this seems like common sense, um, but as we all know, common sense isn't as common as we would hope it would be. And so, yeah, you might need to make different cadences for regions of the world based upon cultural norms or communication styles. Exactly. Yeah. So interesting. Um, well, I want to get into kind of your advice, right? <clears throat> um, relatively new into the world of sales development leadership compared to some folks that have been in there maybe 15, 20 years. But I know we talk to a lot of people every day that are SDRs looking to become Taylor one day. Um, and they maybe want to get their hands on being able to influence a decision around technology or they're being tasked with, hey, we have a gap, go find a solution. Um, what would be maybe three of your biggest pieces of advice for, for SDRs who are getting into this world or want to get into this world where they're making decisions that are influencing things like the tech stack messaging, go to market strategy via sales development. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if, if the, if the question is, or is the question around uh, if SDRs want to get into to leadership? Yeah. Let's focus on SDRs. Yeah. Sure. Um, so the biggest thing if, as an SDR is you want to show your work, right. And oftentimes we just assume everyone knows what we're doing and, um, it's obvious, but if we don't have it written out and it's clearly spelt out, here's my strategy, here's the impact, um, it's not going to get approved, but more importantly, it helps you really map out your thinking so that it's clear for anyone that, that, uh, looks at the, the presentation that, um, you have all the data, um, that you need and that it's thought out. Right. I mean, the biggest thing is, is this thought out or not? Got it. Um, the second thing I would say is like, um, you know, really get buy-in. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't know this first off as, as a manager, it's not like, here's my plan and this is how we're going to get approved. And then when you get pushback, 
it's like, oh, I guess it wasn't a good idea. Uh, a better a better approach is, you know, you create your plan and and think how is this tool going to help. Um, but the biggest learning was like go to every business unit that this is going to impact and say, hey, what do you think of this? Here's the numbers, but what do you think? And yeah. have have people buy in. And I think that was a big learning for me um, uh, a few years ago. Okay. Uh, so if it's, uh, you know, sales ops, if the, the tool touches any type of, you know, Salesforce or any integrations, you need them to say, hey, what do you think? Um, you want IT buy-in, like, you know, what do you think? Is this going to take a long time to, to build out or onboard? Enablement, hey, how long do you think we could, it would take to train? Um, and that way you're, you're going to have people buy-in and, and also change it so that, hey, communicate it this way. Yeah. Right. Hey, this isn't good timing, but we'll, well, there's actually a bigger initiative next quarter or in a few quarters that this will tie into. Let's frame it around that. Nice. And so you're just getting the support. I call it support, but the, the help you need to get that project finalized. And then you finally have something. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, a, hey, tell us what you think. And that's the plan. It's usually it takes most of the, the business partners buy in to make sure that it, it aligns. Love that. I love that. Um, so it's so interesting as, as we've been kind of going to market with abstract, one thing that I never thought in my wildest dreams was that sales development leaders would bring in like the product management team or the product marketing team. And, you know, they were really looking for that buy-in, right? This is new. This is something different for them. And so it's, it's so true. And I've seen it just kind of played out with our customers where sales development leaders are pulling in ops, they're pulling in product, they're pulling in customer success to kind of get everybody saying yes uh, with them right. um, as opposed to just going kind of rogue as I like to call it. So <laughs> I, think it, I think it's really a smart idea to get that buy-in. So um, Taylor, this has been awesome, man. I really do appreciate your time today. Um, I definitely, one thing that again, to me, should have been common sense in my mind, but I'm kind of kicking myself that it's not something that's been more top of mind is just this idea that <clears throat> messaging needs to change based upon where, where we are in the world and who we're talking to. And uh, I kind of feel, in the shame, you know, he hang my head in shame in the fact that that's not something that was just more like, that shouldn't have been a surprise to me. So thank you for that reminder, Taylor. I do appreciate it. Um, Taylor, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, LinkedIn is great. Okay. Um, and then, yeah. Cool. So there Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Scotto, S C O T T O. Um, and so Taylor, any final words to our listeners before we uh, part ways today? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, one of the questions I think that we didn't dive into too, too deeply, but, um, you know, looking at tools that, uh, really have, AI and machine learning tied to it, um, especially today. I mean, I, who would have thought that we'd be two years into a global pandemic and it's, it has changed, right? And it's made our jobs in many ways more challenging and other, other ways more lenient, yeah. but um, it's changed, right? And so making sure that, you know, we're successful wherever we, wherever we are in the world uh, is really important. And that's going to be a new new focus for, for leaders, right? Especially if uh, people don't 
always go back back to the office every day. So um, that new over that oversight or at least um, transparency will really help. Yeah, yeah. Leverage the advancements in technology to make up some of the kind of I don't even call them gaps, but right, like it was a lot easier to do things when everybody was in an office. Um, yeah. And you know, driving cultural change, driving a new initiative. Um, leverage the data, leverage technology to uh, expedite the rate of driving that change when maybe your SDRs are spread out all across the country and it's not necessarily as easy to get them all in the same room. Exactly. Right? So leverage, uh, leverage the technology that's being built today. I love that. It's a great point. Well, on that note, Taylor, awesome, man. Really appreciate your insights. Keep kicking ass. And um, thank you for your time today. All right. Great. Thank you.